0: Welcome to the Rosenfeld Review, where we're just a bunch of blind men trying to figure out that elephant. Got a couple blind men with me today, Chris Avore and Ross Unger. Hey, guys, how are you?
1: Hey, Lou, good to see you. Hello, Lou.
0: Good to hear me. Thank you. Uh, Great to have you guys. Uh, We've been on a journey together for, uh, I won't say how long, uh, but it's it's, uh, coming to a conclusion. By the time you're listening to this... uh, Uh, We expect their new book, Liftoff, Practical Design Leadership to Elevate Your Team, Your Organization, and You to be on sale, published by Rosenfeld Media, of course. And um, can't wait for that book to be out. Um, I know you feel the same way. Guys, how did you get to the point in your careers where you found yourselves so immersed in Design leadership and design management, or perhaps the lack thereof that you encountered, that you were ready to write a book. How about you first, Chris?
1: Uh, thanks. So yeah, the the, uh, the whole story is kind of um, interesting in that the book that would have been written in 2016 when we uh, first kicked this adventure off, compared to today, um, is significantly different and. I'm convinced, uh, very much so, for the better. Um, you know, when we when we started, we kind of were coming from a place of, you know, I had just started uh, managing a team at the Nasdaq stock market about um, three years prior, and a lot of the successes there were exclusively just kind of um, almost like external of the design team. It was it was getting more influence, it was taking on more projects, it was growing the team. Um, and a lot of my screw-ups were with the actual designers themselves trying to make sure that they were feeling like a part of the ride and that their contributions were um, you know were were making an impact as well and had a clear vision and direction um, and so basically you know since then and then when I was working at Envision as a uh, basically a, a traveling kind of almost like a uh, therapist for design leaders who would basically say, these are some of our challenges, Chris. Um, how have you tried to address similar things in the past? That's where we started to see more of um, an opportunity to talk about design leadership um, at scale. So we kind of had a very um, almost narrow focus just from my time at NASDAQ uh, to then being able to have a very much broader reach of what was confronting design organizations from big household name companies all over the place uh to really start to see more i guess breadth if you will of where those challenges were and then to be able to write about those so that's kind of the biggest difference from where this book would have been if we started in 2016 and just cranked it out uh to being able to have a lot wider perspective of what's going on across the industry in a variety of organizations industries team sizes um you know various maturities of the organizations that are trying to build design practices or trying to improve their design practice in their company it's a huge difference
0: thanks uh chris Russ, has your your path been similar
2: um yeah especially in that part where there was a, a lot of mistakes made i think um when i started i very quickly thought every manager i ever had was an idiot and um then i very quickly got to become an idiot myself. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there's something about getting the experience of seeing what your managers have at different levels that you start to understand the pace layers of organizations and how sometimes we need people to do what's right now versus doing what's the right thing long term in order to, to build out runway. Um, for me, you know, I started, I grew up kind of in consulting environments and um, I got lucky and got to work for some really great agencies um i got to, to spend some time with happy cog which was was such an amazing experience and some of the the most amazing folks in my career that i've ever gotten to work with and then to jump in and work in the enterprise and financial um, and then turn and get to to have an opportunity to work with the united states federal government uh at 18f and and really being the first person to lead that design team and, and growing it massively at scale where you know it's not to say that there's not design in federal government there is there are so many designers in federal government um that are doing good work and they at that point in time they weren't necessarily all aware of each other um and i think at that point in time i was very naively thinking that if you had done government design you maybe hadn't done modern design and and really unfair of me and, and really a lot for me to learn and i think that um working in an organization where we grew very rapidly from about 70 to or seven to about 50 was was really a great experience especially um in understanding my own personal capacity um and and how much i could manage and how much i had to manage Um, and and really what it boils down to is i think where, where chris and i both came from in this book was that um we made a lot of mistakes there are not a lot of opportunities for people to um, be provided frameworks or opportunities to kind of learn into leadership uh, without being thrust into it. I mean, I think it's not a secret that a lot of organizations say, these are our top performers, let's make them managers. And there's not a lot of recognition that those are completely different skill sets.
0: So I'm getting the sense that Maybe a better title for this book would have been "Mistakes Were Made: an and Idiots Guide to Being a Better Idiot." Um, But um,
2: thanks, Lou.
0: Yeah, we we went with a more uh, (laughs) we went with a more traditional title. Uh, It's a good one, Um, but I I get the sense that um, people listening who are also kind of uh, finding themselves in these difficult positions uh, of leadership and management that they may not have anticipated. what is the tipping point that people are 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 encountering? why is this happening? Is it that there are just more designers and researchers and other folks in the creative space than there were before that need to be managed? or is the is, or is it more along the lines of the challenges that individual teams are are facing are, are being so, you know, um, kind of uh, turbocharged by issues of complexity and scale that mm-hmm. they need kind of more robust management, or is it both?
2: I, you know, I, I think there's a, a mix of all of that. One of the things that I, I think has happened and is no surprise to all of us too, is that design stopped being the differentiator for great companies and it started being the requirement. Uh, everybody had to have designers. And so um, we saw a lot of organizations that were design firms go in-house adaptive path to capital one is certainly a a good example. Um, and we saw design teams grow and grow and grow. And so when there's a little bit of surprise that we're, that we seem to be growing top heavy or having a lot of, um, design leadership roles opening up, I don't think it's as surprising since we've kind of grown our presence in the industry or in the field in general. Um, so I think it's, it's at least a big part of that, um, yeah, or at least it's a big part of that. I think that's a starting point. I know Chris has much more to add here. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know I think that you know Russ is definitely onto something there. I think part of it, Lou, and you were speaking of this a little bit, is that the expectations have changed. The um, you know I think that there's much more of a groundswell of expectations heaped on the product development practice, if not the exclusively the design practice. Um, and so, you know, these some of these companies know that they need to have better product development practices. They know that they need to have better design, but they don't always necessarily know what it takes to get that. And so now they're they're hoping that their design leadership can get that. Um, in other instances, it's when they've pumped in um, more money and resources to those teams, and then they're starting to say that wow, that doesn't just fix the problem, you know. Uh, Kristen Skinner and Peter Merholtz have have said more than once that the design leader of a five person team sometimes isn't necessarily the best leader and manager for a 25 person design team at at the same organization and I think that um, and oftentimes it's because that person may not have either the skill sets to succeed at that level along with managing the growth um, or that's just not their bag right that's just not something that they want to do so I think that that's part of the reason we're seeing uh, these types of changes because expectations are changing um, externally you know from outside of the design team itself but then they're also changing internally where designers aren't necessarily comfortable with just being you know pixel pushers they're not they're not comfortable being downstream where they don't have any opportunity to affect business strategy um, you know they're reading a lot of the same articles that, that folks like us read and they're starting to re- recognize that there's probably, a better way, whether that's at their current job or if they have to leave to mm-hmm. uh, find somewhere else to get that.
0: So it's interesting, uh, you, you, uh, you know, obviously um, I'm very interested in design operations as a concept and, I, I've, you know, we, we have a conference on that and, um, you know, that seems to kind of go hand in hand with a, a lot of the things you guys were just talking about. But I was talking with Kate Towsy earlier this week uh, of Research Ops fame, and we kind of kept banning about the, the term professionalization. And sometimes I wonder if that's really kind of what you're talking about here, even for those people who are leading or managing the small team uh, who are are new to this. is a certain kind of belief that wasn't in place before that this is a thing of, you know, it's a real thing, you know this is a this role is a real role it's not necessarily only because people you know kind of accidentally find their way there it it should have a you know formal job description and and clear responsibilities but that it's actually going beyond that it's becoming professionalized i'm not even sure i know what professionalized means in this context but i wonder if that term resonates with you guys
1: uh, it, it it does it does for me to a number of extents. I think it's interesting that that comes from some of that operationalization uh, background there, right? That like because in some cases um, you have to have like I, th- I think that it's almost like a gratuitous cycle there. You can't have one uh, without the other shortly coming uh, before or after it. Um, you know because you could operationalize something that doesn't necessarily have the influence or the um, you, know, you can almost say notoriety of the team within the broader organization. You can run a great ship if nobody, but how great is it if nobody knows what's going on there? If you, can, um, you know, if you have a great team in place that knows what they're working on and how that work gets done and at that right cadence that's right for the rest of the product development team, but if the broader organization uh, isn't aware of it, if they're not necessarily seeing or aware of the value then oftentimes it's it's like that tree falling in a forest i think that that the professionalization probably captures both elements it's making sure that you've got a uh fine-tuned ship running while also making sure that everyone understands the value benefit um you know and ultimately
2: influence of that ship that's running
1: so well Mm -hmm.
2: You know it's interesting too there, there's other parts of this where i think when you start to talk about things that we talk about in the book like team charters and you start to formalize what your organizational practices and norms are and share those with your organization um other parts of the organization notice and and look and, and they say they're doing something why don't we have this or we should have this and start to borrow from some of those good practices um it's the same as uh even writing performance profiles which if you've heard of lou adler then you know performance profiles are really what he talks about job descriptions um and when you do performance profiles and you can kind of workshop those as a team as people who come together who are doing the jobs themselves and understand the roles implicitly and, and know what success looks like um instead of i think is i like to say people who go to linkedin and find a content strategist role copy paste it and Hope that they found all of those those uh, previous company names removed um, very much. If anybody watches The Office, you'll know the threat level midnight where uh, Dwight found out his name was misspelled Dwiggett while he was reading it. Anyway, um, dumb jokes aside here, this might not make it off the cutting room floor. Um, oh, no, we're, we're, we're
0: keeping it, Russ.
2: <laughs> well the two people who get that, that reference and my daughter will very much appreciate it.
0: I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want more, not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive, we have something that's very current, very alive, and very engaging for groups. And that is our communities. Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities again, it is free, by going to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. Not only will you get a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions, and so forth, we'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists for each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when, programs, uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, when the scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com/communities. You're going to find something that's free, something that's interesting, and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there. You, you mentioned Lou Adler, and uh, yeah, I, I I know a little bit about his perspective. Uh, you know, Jared Spool has been you know a real proponent, and um, obviously, he's had influence here. What? do? You, who else? What are the, the the influences you guys have found to be really valuable from the traditional uh, management literature? The the I don't know stuff you might have picked up in in Harvard Business Review or uh, and and then I wonder you know also are there any uh, you know really strong perspectives that have influenced uh, your writing uh, from the design leadership and management uh, sub sub sub
2: so one of my, one of my favorite books was written by Noah Bushnell and it's called Finding the Next Steve Jobs and, um, you know, obvious kind of, uh, link bait titles aside, it talks a lot about how Atari did a lot of their management and how they handled innovation separating it from the day to day. And there's a lot of really good stuff that I've taken from that, uh, that, that really has kind of helped frame and shape doing things that, that allow people to be successful i think that's a that was a really good starting point for me at least from outside of the industry um gosh chris is probably more the harvard business review side Um, you're just saying that because i have more suits than you uh, in in pastel and seersucker yes (laughs) um
1: yeah i mean i think that uh you know to 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 somewhat of your point about like you know folks that write on this stuff and have been Uh, talking about this stuff, you know, I think that, you know, I I absolutely couldn't uh, refrain from re-mentioning again, uh, you know, Kristen Skinner's work um, and Peter's, but then also, you know, um, you know, Laura Hogan's work in resilient design management or resilient management. I always get that mixed up because that was one of my thoughts back in the day. Um, But moving away from that, like, from just like the Design specific uh, material, you know, the Donella Meadows Thinking and Systems, I think, is tremendously influential because that's where you start to see that interconnectedness and those ecosystems in which uh, we operate and to see the influences and in the second and third order impacts of some of the decisions that we make, whether we understand those consequences or, or uh, correlations or not. Um, and then from the uh, Harvard Business side, um, I regularly cite. Uh, Amy Edmondson, um, a lot of her work on psychological safety—it's gone a long way in influencing, you know, the way I have uh, written in the book about, you know, changing up inclusion, particularly when I have screwed that up in my own uh, management practices in the past, stuff like that. So uh, there's there's absolutely some some great folks uh, talking about a lot of this, and that's why we're excited about some of the the folks who have contributed to to the book. Um, you know, Russ and I were pretty intentional of asking a you know a, a pretty diverse body of contributors to to share their thoughts on design management in their own experiences in their own careers um as they have seen changes from their variety of perspectives and whatnot that i think are going to make the book stand out so it's not just you know yet another book by two white dudes coming from a position of power talking about design management i think that that we really try to surface a lot of uh, voices that in some cases are very well known and then in other cases are probably going to be new to a lot of people, which I think is exactly what we need for a design management and design leadership. Program.
0: And I'm really glad you guys did that. Um, and uh, that uh, is something we're seeing more and more of in not only our books, but conference programs and the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's if a welcome I, oh, change. Go ahead, Ross.
2: Sorry about that. Yeah, if I may throw a couple more out there, I think um, for starters, uh, yeah, when you look at Kristen and, and Peter's book, which is design org for design orgs. Org design uh, for design orgs, yeah. What I say something, yes. Something designers like designers designing orgs for orgs that need design in organizations. Um <laughs> right, that's like my favorite new movie coming out is four Thor, More Thor. Um I'd be <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't uh mention Maggie Sue Wagner. She used to be the chief of staff at Zappos and um, understanding what somebody's role looks like, who who is touching parts of every part of the organization, um, is really insightful, especially when you're starting to look at just the slice that seems to be designed. Um, and then, kind of for me, broader, more broadly, I looked at the work of uh, General Stan McChrystal. And um, mm-hmm. way, way back in in the early parts of my design career when I met Matt, Matthew Milan, he turned me on to John Boyd and OODA loops, which is observe, orient, decide, and act, and understanding you know how fighter pilots looked at things, um, which really feels like i have mentioned too much aggression in this, and that wasn't the intent. It was just the understanding of the principles that, that really kind of shaped even some of the design, I think, leadership thinking and, and style that at least I've tried to take as an approach.
0: Well, you guys are, are bringing together lots of different thinkers, different perspectives. Um, you are bringing in a, a pretty diverse set of experiences that just the two of you have managed to, to pull together over the course of your careers. What I wonder before we wrap up, if you could you know, give a couple choice pieces of advice that you might cover in more depth in the book, both for people new to design leadership and management and maybe to people who've been at it a while and uh, need to uh, grow
2: as uh, as their challenges grow. Uh, words have gravity, even, especially when your role changes. What could have been a light joke to the buddy who sits next to you or or down the hall uh, has a lot more gravity when when your role changes. Uh, I think the more elevated you become, the more serious people can take the things that you say. Where. Um, you know, it's not at all cool to make a joke about having the ability to fire somebody, uh, and and it's also um, it's also the one advice that I could really give. Maybe two pieces it would be um, approve time off requests as quickly as possible <laughs> um, because people are, are making life decisions and, and this impacts them. And the other one is never tell somebody, "Hey, we need to talk," without giving them some context uh, because if there's anything more terrifying and and that will cause you to lose more sleep it's a supervisor saying to you at five o'clock hey can we talk first thing in the morning uh that's just that's just shitty so if you can give context to that so people can you know sleep and get on with their lives or let them know hey just need to chat nothing serious those are really small steps into making people more comfortable in their existence and i think then you can kind of start to learn how to you know take your next steps up to it to make to make worlds easier for other people um i always try to think of how do I reduce burden for the other folks that I work with? Um, not always successful. Always trying to do that though. How about you, Chris?
1: Yeah, I, I think I can probably take uh, R- Russ's, um, you know, kind of suggestion there and actually put a, a foundation under that of, you know, just really trying to develop a stronger, uh, more accurate sense of self-awareness. Um, you know, have that perspective of where you are in your organization. Um, this kind of goes back to that, you know, thinking in systems type of approach of where the things that you do and the things that you say and the behavior that you um, exhibit are going to have impacts. And not all all of the time that intent is the same as what your, is or the impact is not necessarily what your intent was in the first place. So having that self-awareness of being like, you know, am I, Speaking on the circuit too much versus actually doing work. Does my team understand like what my own contributions are to the to the broader mission. Am I communicating enough at the right level with these folks um, and up, you know, do, do, Does the management fully understand the value that the design team is producing um, all comes down to that self awareness of knowing where you are in your team in your organization in your position of influence in that company and i think that's um a pretty common steel thread through all of russ's chapters and my own chapters is to say you know trying to better understand where you are with a better focus so that you can make the changes that you actually want to make not necessarily the changes that end up happening because you didn't have that self-awareness to to see that possibly negative consequence
0: well, that's great uh, and highly practical advice from Chris Avore and Russ Unger, who are writing a book for Rosenfeld Media. Uh, lift off practical design leadership to elevate your team, your organization, and you. Guys, before we sign off, uh, I always like to ask if there is someone or something you think our listeners should know about. Um, i'll go I'll
1: go first. Uh, so, Again, part of the advantage to writing this book has been the number of different people that we get to, or at least in my situation, that I've been able to work with for contributions and for them to be able to uh, you know, add their thoughts and perspectives to the book. And so uh, this may sound like a Rosenfeld Media home team shill, but uh, Jackie Fry is doing some incredible work. Um, she's gonna be speaking at the uh, Design Ops Conference, and uh, she has her own book coming out also to be published by Rosenfeld Media. I hope hers uh, is released far sooner than it took us. Um, hope she's so. Some, some, it doesn't take much. Let's <laughs> I, I, all agree I, there. Like the bar is set pretty <laughs> low to beat to beat an Avori younger production here.
2: Just have a schedule um, and stick to it. That's all it takes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, yeah. So I, think, I think an entire Olympiad has gone, gone by election cycles the whole the whole night. But um, no, she's been doing some cool stuff. She was, you know, in the conversation uh, too that I've had with her, like, you know, mind blowing stuff at the level that she's practicing um, the operationalization of design, to your point, the professionalization of design. So I think um, it'll be great to see more of her thoughts
2: be more widely shared.
0: Excellent. How about you, Russ? Uh,
2: I think that I don't, I don't think I would have done anything anywhere near as, as well if I'd as I've done it in the past handful of years, if it wouldn't have been for some pretty brilliantly strong people. Um, Jennifer Truss was somebody I worked with at 18F, and she headed up talent operations. And uh, through working with her, really changed my understanding of what hiring processes look like and how to communicate to people and, and frankly, you know, be very human about a process that isn't all that human. Um, and I was I was blessed to be able to work with Kara Defrias, who had been a presidential innovation fellow and also just really shaped the way the organization worked and, and has brought a lot of really great stuff both to to federal government and to the design space. And finally, um Emily Barnes was somebody that I got to work with at 18F2, and since she kind of graduated out, um and and found a new role at, at Capital One. She's done nothing but skyrocket. And um, these are folks: Emily Barnes, Jennifer Truss, Kara DeFrees. That you should be following, watching. Frankly, they should be writing books themselves, um, and, and you know, just helping us all become better at this stuff. They're fantastic. Yeah, would, Duly would, noted.
1: Plus one. Yeah, I would, I would even plus one just to, just because it's a positive, uh, <laughs> you know, contribution there. Like I think the 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 folks who were our uh, tech reviewers, which Ugh. I always kind of laugh at, more of peer reviewers, I think were all just really awesome uh, folks who came with a lot of great perspectives, like between Emily Campbell, a former colleague at Envision of Mine, um, you know, Nicole Maynard in, uh, um, at cars.com, you know, Emily Barnes oh, at yeah. Capital One, she was great. Like, th- these are all, um, you know, Amy Menes, uh Marquez, have all just been really, really, uh, you know, great perspectives that we would not have, you um, it's great to see them react to some of our perspectives to make sure that you know um, we're communicating exactly what we want and they're able to add to their own contributions as well.
0: Well, and uh, thank you guys for your contributions uh, and and for the generosity of recognizing so many other people. Uh, Chris Avore, Russ Unger, uh, their book uh, Lift Off, Practical Design Leadership to Elevate Your Team, Your Organization, and You from Rosenfeld Media. Please pick up a copy. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us on the Rosenfeld Review.
2: Thank you. And thanks to Marta, our heavy lifting reviewer, because we would be nowhere without her. Thank right. Perfect. Thanks, folks.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform love it if you tell a friend to have a listen. Please check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at RosenfeldReview.com.